Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Are you looking to wager on all the big games in sports? Well, man, do I have the best deal for you. How about going with my friends at Bet Online? This is one of the busiest times of year. College football, NFL, hockey is starting, NBA upcoming, baseball playoffs soon as well. Plus, hey, the Ryder Cup so you can lay some money down on Team USA as well. 50% off your welcome bonus today with Bet Online. Head on over to betonline.ag. That's betonline.ag. It's a 50% bonus up to $1,000 with our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V. B L E A V. Bet Online. Betonline.ag is the website. Bet Online, where the game starts. Fall is simply football season, and fans across the country are hoping that preseason hype leads to postseason success. In the NFL, we'll see if early Super Bowl favorites like the Chiefs, Eagles, 49ers, and Bills can hold off up-and-comers. And college football fans are wondering if Georgia will make it a three-peat or if top-ranked challengers like Michigan or Florida State can take home the national championship trophy. The college football and NFL seasons are defined by big plays, injuries, and coaching decisions. As a football fan, I also want to hear about the behind-the-scenes and off-field stories that shape the season. The football interviews and topics you hear on the ML Sports Platter are shaped by lessons learned at St. Bonaventure University. The online Master of Arts in Sports Journalism at St. Bonnie equips reporters and hosts for digital storytelling across the sports world. Students learn how to tell compelling stories through digital and traditional platforms. They are also encouraged to envision the future of sports journalism with their capstone projects. This 100% online degree builds on decades of academic excellence, and I'm a proud Bonnie, and I can tell you that you can join me in a growing list of notable graduates, including the New York Post's Mike Vaccaro and ESPN's Raina Banks. In fact, you'll hear from an accomplished alum or industry expert during video masterclasses in each course. Contact an enrollment advisor at sbujournalism.com. That's sbujournalism.com today to learn more about the online Master of Sports Journalism. That's sbujournalism.com. What's going on, everybody? Paul Bissonnette here from the Spit and Chicklets podcast and now the TNT broadcast. I just want to give everybody a shout out and make sure you tune in to the ML Sports Platter. ML Sports Platter, back with you all over the major platforms. Download, subscribe, rate, and review. We are brought to you by our good friends over at Bowers & Company, CPAs, Chick-fil-A of Cicero & Clay, and Camillus Golf Club. Grab your 2024 membership today at Camillus Golf Club, camillushillsgolfclub.com. Hey, the weather's been great as well, September into October. you got to love fall in upstate New York, so definitely play Camillus. And hey, if you travel in and around the state, you can grab uh, a couple of rounds with your buddies food and drink before, during, and after your round as well. Camilla's Golf Club is the official golf course of the ML Sports Platter. And a huge thanks as well to Jam and Beats, CH Insurance, the Vince Aguera Consulting Group, and Brian Conboy of Mass Mutual New York State. Tax-efficient retirement planning. Go with Brian today at advisors.massmutual.com. Well, the book has been out for some time now, and uh, you can get it online and on Amazon where books are sold. And of course, your nearby bookstores, including Barnes and Noble. It's called If These Walls Could Talk, Stories from the Buffalo Bills, uh, Sideline, Locker Room, and Press Box. 
It is with the voice of the Bills, John Murphy, and my good buddy, Scott Petoniak. The forward is by Eric Wood, and the afterward is by Marv Levy. I read this about a month ago, cover to cover, in a couple of days, and I could not get enough. The stories are unbelievable. It starts with number 17, Josh Allen. It gets back to the 90s with Kelly Reed, Thomas, and Smith in the game, and way before that in the AFL days as well. Nobody's more plugged into Buffalo Bills football than these two guys, John Murphy and Scott Petoniak. They're both friends of mine, and Scott Petoniak joins me right now, the best-selling author and longtime columnist. He's covered the Buffalo Bills for decades, and obviously, above all of that, I'm proud to call him a very close friend as well. Scott Petoniak, co-author with John Murphy, the voice of the Bills, of this awesome new book. Again, online where books are sold and your nearby bookstores. If these walls could talk, stories from the Buffalo Bills sideline, locker room, and press box. Murphy and Petoniak, they go together like Allen and Diggs and Kelly and Reed. Scott, welcome aboard and congratulations, my man. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it very much. It was a it was a labor of love, a fun one to do with uh, with John Murphy. Uh, great time. We're, we go back a long, long ways to some really bad times in Bill's history. I loved it, cover to cover. I remember when we were sitting, having lunch at Mel's, and you gave me a, a copy, and I couldn't wait to dive in. Uh, and a funny little story, too, is I, I gave you a surprise face, and we were both kind of looking at each other. I was like, oh, this is my copy. And I, I, I literally like dove in right after that. It took me a couple of days. And I, every single time I think I finished three or four chapters, I texted you because I was so excited in reading all the stories. Um, before we get to the book, though, cover to cover and the stories and, and Murph and, and how he's doing, uh, actually, you can loop Murph into the first question. How was the recent event in Western New York that you had, you know, promoting the book? I know my boy Brian Conboy came out to see you guys, but that looked like a pretty great thing uh, in the early part of the Bills season there. You had Eric Wood out there, too. Yeah, yeah, we had a great turnout. We probably signed about 144 books wow. over a two-hour period, which is great. I mean, I, I can speak from uh, experience where uh, sometimes you, you might get a handful of people if you're lucky. But uh, it was a great book launch. We did it at the Bill's store right there at Highmark Stadium. And the thing, you know, the thing that struck me that maybe I was most pleased about beyond the sale and signings of all those books, Mike, was that I just love seeing the Buffalo love. Yeah. being given to John Murphy. He's obviously been through hell and back. Uh, he's made tremendous strides and so forth. But, uh, you know, and he was a little reluctant to go back out into public right now. He's, he's not speaking, uh, you know, uh, as clearly as he once did and stuff. But I thought it would be good for him, and so did his wife, Mary, for him to go out there and see the impact he's had on people. And as you well know, Mike, uh, being in the broadcast business, you can have – quite an impact on people that you don't even recognize, realize, uh, you know, and you'll hear from total strangers, you know, and it's interesting because my career goes all the way back to Van Miller when he was the voice of the bills. And I remember him being beloved like that, you know, that favorite uncle who comes into your living room to describe the action and so forth. Mm -hmm. And I think Murph got some of that too, which was, again, that, that did him good. And it, and it did me good to see that. I, I was so happy that, he realized that he's made an impact on people. So the stories obviously are plentiful. You've got Eric Wood doing the forward, and you got the Marv Levy afterward. But, hey, Kelly Reed, Thomas Smith, Tasker, all these guys, and Bennett, I mean, go on and on with those great teams in the 90s, and the AFL days, and names like O.J. Simpson and Delama Lauren. But you start the book with Josh Allen. Why? Well, I, I think, um, obviously, he's the now. He's the grabber. Um, and he's on the top of the cover of the book, and Kelly's on the bottom of the cover. But I, I thought 
It's the now, it's glory times. And he's also part of a thread and a theme, I think, Mike, of, of when you think about the good times in Bill's history, it's because they've had a really good quarterback, a really good coach, and usually a really good general manager. And these are great times for Bill's fans right now. There's, you know, enjoy it because uh, it's not going on forever, as we well know. But to me, Josh Allen is to this generation what Kelly was to the previous generation, the Super Bowl years, what, uh, you know, Joe Ferguson was, who's an underrated person in Bill's history, mm-hmm. was during the revival, that brief revival in the early 80s. And people forget that team was oh so close to making it to the Super Bowl. They had a tremendous offense like this current offense. And then the connection all the way back to the AFL championship years, which didn't happen until the Bills, you know, stole off with the waiver wire, Jack Kemp from the uh, Chargers. And uh, so that was kind of the thing. Like, you know, we started off Murph kind of doing his little intro of his, you know, which I think was just classic. John Murphy's very first game as a Buffalo Bills fan in person as a nine-year-old is the night, you know, New Year's Day, 1967, and the Bills are at home in old War Memorial Stadium, the Rock Pile, and they got one game, one game away from the very first Super Bowl, even though it was called the Super Bowl for the first couple of years. They were going to play the Green Bay Packers. All they had to do on their home turf was beat the Kansas City Chiefs. And what did they do? They laid an egg and lost 31 to seven. And Murph said, like, well, you know, that kind of set the scene and prepared me for <laughs> everything that would follow about being a Bills fan and, and about what this team means to this region. It's an incredible, incredible uh, uh, intro. I mean, I, I when I read that, I I don't know. I, I had to stop reading for a second. My I just, like, put my head down. I was like, wow, because it's so true about getting introduced that way. Was it easier and more fun to write about the Allen McDermott Bean regime and the '90s Bills and the and 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 the AFL glory and all the rest, or was it more hard and shitty to write about the drought? <laughs> to write to write about the draft, the about draft. the drought, about the drought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was, uh, you know, as you well know in this business, like I mean, you you deal with the good and the bad, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, sometimes more interesting things come during those, you know, those fallow times when there isn't uh, much hope or whatever, you know, but I also think that what they do is just like, you know, our harsh winters and stuff, I think make us appreciate our summers and falls more here than people in other places in the country might. So, um, you know, I, I, it it clearly, uh, you know, both were, were entertaining to write about, but, you know, as Murph said, because I didn't want to be remembered as the voice of the drought, you know. Yeah. I, I finally wanted to have, you know, some some seminal moments, mm-hmm. and and he has, uh, you know, in recent years and stuff. So, you know, for for him and I, the whole thing, the whole arc, and we go back to the mid '80s when this team was, you know, back to back two and fourteen seasons, laughing stock in the NFL, sixteen thousand season tickets sold ready to leave town, really, not a threat, not an idle threat. We're ready to leave town. Kelly shows up as a savior, everything changes. You know, you you strike gold with, with uh, Bill Polian, you strike gold with Marv Levy, a retread coach, um, you know, and things take off from there. So we, we follow the whole arc, you know, the rise from the ashes, 
our careers parallel to, you know, to the Super Bowl years, then to the, the drop off after that. And then this freaking 17 year drought. And now happy days are here again. More with Scott Petoniak next on the ML Sports Platter brought to you by Stanley Law Offices, Welch and Company Jewelers and Bowers and Company CPAs. Back on the ML Sports Platter here, Scott Petoniak is our guest, of course, a co-author with John Murphy of the awesome new Bills book. you got to go get it online where books are sold. And, of course, nearby uh, bookstores like Barnes & Noble, If These Walls Could Talk, stories from the Buffalo Bills sideline, locker room, and press box. Again, the forward Eric Wood, the afterward Marv Levy. It's littered with stuff. If you are a Bills fan, you might read it 10 times, honestly. It's so good. Um, let's get after it here with the most underrated player in Bills history. Who you got? Well, you know, I, 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 I still have a, a soft spot in my heart for, you know, for Ken Hull and Daryl Talley. Um, yes, they received some recognition, but I, I don't think still that Bills fans realize that those guys were the heart and soul yes. of those Super Bowl teams. You know, um, when and, and Scott, spoke, I would tell you, I would tell you, I don't think Talley is. I think Ken Hall's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I would totally okay. agree. Yeah. But, you know, it's all on that, you know, political baloney, oh, yeah. like like who who goes to the Pro Bowl, which is such a joke. Well, Steve Tasker's not yeah. in the Hall of Fame, so that's all you need to know, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And and Hull was, you know, you know, when Hull and Taylor spoke, Bruce Smith shut up, Jim Kelly shut up, yep. Thurman Thomas shut up. Right. That's how respected they were mm-hmm. in that locker room, and they told the truth. And the other thing I liked about both those guys, besides them being great players – and not seeking the glory or whatever, is that they stood up, um, win, lose, or draw yeah. after the game and talked. Yeah. They didn't go hide in a trainer's room. They didn't get belligerent, whatever. And they usually gave you great insight. You know, Kent was a little bit more uh, measured and had his folksy way of putting things into perspective. Daryl, Daryl, there was no filter. Um, you know, it's like the Daryl Taylor you see on Twitter or X. Um, you know, there is no filter and that's the way he was. And you loved him for it because he wasn't going to sugarcoat it, you know, and he was going to tell you the way it was. And so I think those two guys come to mind. I had mentioned Joe Ferguson and again, it didn't end well for, for Fergie and, you know, he's kind of booed out of town and this and that, but I'm telling you, Mike, you know, that talking proud era, 80 and 81, they had it going. Let me tell you that offense was as good as any offense the Bills have ever had, including this current one. They had they had Joe Cribs was really one of the first of those dynamic dual threat backs. He was unbelievable. You go look back at his four years; they were as good as any four years, pretty much, of any player in Bills history. Uh, Fer- Fergie could fling it. You know, you, you had Jerry Butler, who, who had he not injured his knee, probably would have wound up in the Hall of Fame and would have wound up as the greatest receiver in Bill's history. You know, then you had Frank Lewis, who was, you know, supposed to be washed up and he pulled a James Loft and he was, so they were, they were, they, and they had a great line. They had solid defense, you know, Hazlitt and Smurless and, 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 uh, you know, the Bermuda triangle going and everything. It was a great team. So I think, I think Fergie, you know, Fergie kind of gets overlooked, but man, he could fling it. And he's probably on that ranking. He's probably the fourth best, maybe the third best quarterback in Bill's history behind Kelly Allen and perhaps Jack Kemp. We're in a world of sports media, as you know, Scott, where, you know, you always compare eras and you love to do lists and you love to do the Mount Rushmore stuff and all that sort of thing. And, you know, with the NFL, I've always said that, you know, you can, you can say, well, Hey, who's on the Bills Mount Rushmore, but how do you, how do you 
do it? Like, is it, I feel like you almost have to kind of separate it. Like you can't, I mean, you could do the franchise period and say, okay, well, everybody's included, which would be, you know, the coaches and uh, the owners and, and executives and players. Uh, you could right. say just players. You could say just, uh, you know, everybody besides players. I, I tend to think if you pick a franchise, I always look at it franchise as an organization, as you guys alluded to in the book. That's how Polian and Levy, you know, always said it. You know, we win as an organization. That I know that's more of a hockey term, but as a mm-hmm. franchise in the NFL, that's kind of how I think of the NFL is they're called franchises. If you were to do it the way I'm talking, an NFL franchise, the Mount Rushmore boom, Give me your Mount Rushmore of Buffalo Bills history and give me your second Mount Rushmore. So your first four and your next four. Okay. Well, um, you got to put Ralph Wilson first. Okay. Um, you know, the guy, the guy brought the team here. He kept the team here. Um, so without Ralph Wilson, there's no Jim Kelly. There's no Marv Levy. There's no Josh Allen. There's no team. You know, when we just think about the void, you know, what would Buffalo be as a sports town without the Buffalo Bills? So he's got to be on there. And now things get tricky. I think Kelly saved the franchise. Um, you know, they were they were they were running a down and out of town. Um, and I think when he showed up, everything instantly changed. I mean, Mike, I was there in Fredonia. They're like, you know, maybe like you, less than 100 people watching practice <laughs> down in Fredonia. The next day after Kelly signs, there's 10,000 people pushing against that snow fence down there, yeah. you know, trying to see this guy. So they were you know, legitimized right off the bat. Um, so, you know, I would, I would have to go Kelly. You know, some people, you know, as far as the football, you know, Bruce Smith probably you have to put down there because you could argue, you could make an argument that Bruce Smith it should be on the Mount Rushmore of defensive players in the history of the NFL. I agree. Or, yeah. You know, defensive linemen. Yep. Uh, you know, um, you know, he could be difficult to deal with, but, and then, so what do you do after that? I, I'd say maybe Marv Levy, yeah. um, or you can argue Polian because Polian hires Levy and then Polian makes all these incredible deals and Polian ensures that, you know, Kelly is signed and Kelly doesn't go, you know, they don't trade the rights and trade them to Oakland or to, uh, you know, to the Steelers or some other place. They held on to him. And that was Ralph. You know, Pauline has told me this. He said, no, I went to Mr. Wilson. I said, here are your options. We can do this and get a bunch of, you know, you know, first round picks or whatever. Mm -hmm. And said, no, I want a quarterback. I want Kelly. So that might be, you know, it's tough. It's just like trying to do the Yankees one. It's tough, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think the Yankees one is actually pretty easy because I I think Garrick, Ruth, Mantle, and DiMaggio are immovable. And then, you know, the second one is where it gets hard. I, I probably have to go like Yogi, Whitey, Jeter, and Moe, you know, and, yeah, I, so I'd, I'd agree. I, I'd I think agree. those are pretty. It's almost like when you have more elite guys, it almost becomes easier, you know. And I think the Bills. I mean, I probably would go Ralph, Kelly, Bruce, and Thurman on the first one, and then I think the second one. You know, I mean, gosh, it gets it it does get hard, but I think you know from there, I, I you know the one wild card, of course, is OJ. People, want, but I mean, right. you know, just in in football terms, of course, I, I'd probably have to go Reed, Polian, OJ, and then you know again, there's that fourth one, right? But um. You know, See, the, you know, and, and the thing is, you know, we neglect the AFL. Yep. There were some great, great, great players. Billy Shaw. Who deserved to be in the Hall of Fame. Billy Shaw, yeah. Tom Sestak. Another one. We talk about yeah. a dominating player. Yeah. A guy who played an entire season with a broken leg, couldn't mm-hmm. practice during the week. Mm-hmm. And, you you know, you talk to Namath, as I have, or Lenny Dawson or these guys, and he'll tell you, like, oh, my gosh. But, yeah, you know, Billy Shaw, uh, Joe DeLamalure. Oh, yeah. Another 
guy mm-hmm. over, you know, like when, if you want to like maybe the greatest offensive lineman in the history of the Bills, yeah. um, Joe DeLamalur, I mean, it's probably between him and Billy Shaw, you know, and so, yeah, it, it gets really tough. And the other problem with football, Mike, is that it, it's a numbers sport. You know, the rosters are so big. you got 11 players on one side, 11 players on the other. And you know what? It's impossible to compare eras. It really is. The game changes. The rules change. The penalty system changes. You know, when I hear people tell me, like, automatically, Josh Allen is so far superior to Jim Kelly, blah, 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 blah. You know what? Jim Kelly was never protected back then. The receivers weren't protected back then. The rules didn't protect people, didn't make this an offensive game. And Kelly, he, you know, Kelly sacrificed. He audibled an awful lot into running plays to Thurman Thomas. Mm -hmm. He could have, he could have been Dan Marino. He could have just flung it, you know, and I'm not putting Marino down because I think he's one of the all time great quarterbacks, but he was an unselfish player and he did what it took to win. And stuff. So it's, you know, it's impossible. And, and uh, you know, you, you almost have to just say in, in this era, this era, this era, this era, these guys were, you know, true Hall of Famers and, and on the Mount Rushmore's. Yeah, thousands and thousands of examples of that. You're right, of the NFL, you know, eras with the, the especially now the offense is getting protected across the board. But one of the many, many examples is just, I see it over and over in my head in today's NFL where, the defender is already coming at the offensive player. They're already ready to defend over the middle. And they literally just destroy the guy over the middle in the chest or in the shoulder. It's not even helmet to helmet. They just bury the dude. And whether he catches it or not, it's there's a penalty. It, it, just, it doesn't matter. They're, they're going to call that every single time. They slow-mow it down. The head goes up and back, whatever. And if it's head-to-head, okay, throw the flag. That's fine, whatever. That, that's the way the rule is now. Great. But all this other stuff where it's almost to the head and almost here and almost there, but there's a little whiplash and this and that, but it's a clean hit. Guess what? Andre Reed <laughs> took a yeah. million of those things. So I'm so I'm so with you on the errors. It's really hard to compare. We do it all the time in Cooperstown every summer. Um, right. it, it is difficult, and, and I guess that's why you kind of have to look at the player and his generation and the numbers and the winning for that time and then say, well – eventually you do get to a point where if it's a Michael Jordan or whoever, you're like, well, they would have been great in any era. You take a Bill Russell, you take a, you know, a Jim Brown or whoever, they'd be right. great in any era. And I, I guess those guys are kind of in their own, in their own compartment. Um, by the way, my Mount Rushmore, I've got Ralph Wilson, Jim Kelly, Bruce Smith, Thurman Thomas. My second one is Bill Polian, Andre Reed, OJ, and Marv Levy. So at least that's, uh, that's what I've got. All right. Final question. People get done reading it. Bill's Mafia gets done reading it. What do you hope they say about the book? Well, I, I hope they say that, um, uh, you know, John Murphy was a worthy, most worthy successor to Van Miller and that the, the, the Buffalo Bills have been blessed. Yeah. And this is kind of like a transition. This is like being a Yankees fan and having Mantle follow DiMaggio hmm. or being a Red Sox fan and having Yastrzemski and Rice following Williams, yeah. you know, they've been blessed and it doesn't happen. And, and they've also, I hope they come away feeling like John Murphy is Buffalo through and through. He, uh, he, you know, he, he, you know, he exudes Buffalo. He is in not a cheerleading type way. He gets Buffalo. And I think that his broadcasts reflect that. And he's added to the enjoyment and entertainment and knowledge of Bill's fans in the, you know, uh, almost four decades that he's been behind the microphone, either as a color guy 
or as a, uh, um, you know, as a play-by-play guy. He's, he's salt of the earth. He's Buffalonian. He's, he's a great guy. And I just hope they walk away liking him even more than they do now. Yeah, no doubt. And hopefully he's all the way back uh, in due time. We love Murph and uh, we're certainly rooting for him and we miss him. I mean, that's, there's just no other way to say it. We miss him on the broadcast. And uh, like you said, I mean, even the play-by-play voice that he is and how unbelievably successful he's been to succeed Van, uh, he's an even better person. So uh, this book is absolutely through the roof. If you're a Buffalo Bills fan, an NFL fan, a sports fan, you got to go get it online where books are sold uh, and your nearby bookstores like Barnes and Noble. It's all over the place. If these walls could talk, Stories from the Buffalo Bills uh, sideline locker room and press box. It's co-authored by John Murphy, the voice of the Bills, and my friend Scott Petoniak, who you've heard the last 25 minutes or so. Forward by Eric Wood and the afterword by Marv Levy. Unbelievable stuff here. The best-selling author, Scott Petoniak, longtime Buffalo Bills insider and columnist. Scott, thank you so much. Uh, every time I have you on, it's a joy, and I can't wait to see you down the line here. And we'll uh, we'll see what the Bills do the rest of this year. We'll see what the Cuse does the rest of this year. And, uh, again, congratulations on another, uh, another masterpiece, my man. Hey, thanks so much. It's always a pleasure being on with you. This is John Serino at CH Insurance. Over the years, the Orange have set a great example of teamwork. It's what we strive for every day with our talented team, clients, and partners. Follow us on social media. Go SU, we're in your corner. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.